Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Last week, we covered part one of the Canadian cult case known as the Ant Hill Kids. We discussed the leader, how the cult originated, and the abuse many of the members endured. Here, in part two, we will continue with the horrific tales of torture and abuse that only escalated. As well, we will talk about the final resolution and the conviction. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. You're going to need a drink today. I'm Mm -hmm. warning you right now. I've got whiskey because, oh boy, this, this is hard. This is no pun intended. Not a, that's what she said. This is hard. Just straight up. It's going to suck. Cool. Yeah. You know, I was really living my best life before this. I was drinking a Christmas drink and watching a Christmas movie. A good old like Hallmark movie where everything's like happy and yeah. like small town sort of situation. Yeah. Wow. And now I'm coming to this. <laughs> well, this is small town stuff too. Just very dark small town stuff. Oh man. I just have to say really quickly too, because someone, I can't remember what platform it was. I think it might have been Patreon. Patreon totally called me out because we were talking about when we decorate and we're like December 1st people. But then like before December 1st, I do a lot of Christmas shopping and then I'm also watching Christmas movies. So it's a bit. Yeah. I'm a bit. It's I'm a bit. What would be the word? But it's pick and choose when you do it that at least. You know what I mean? Totally. Like if you don't want to have a Christmas day, you don't have to. When you decorate, it's a Christmas day every day. That's very true. You know? Yeah. Very true. Um, I want to quickly give our our patrons a shout out because I don't Mm -hmm. want to talk too much on this. We want to get into the case today because this is a part two, Um, but we did have a couple people sign up for Patreon this week. So shout out to Kim and her girls, Kinsley and Braylon and Laura Wilson. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. They're all getting the behind the scenes stuff and even the extra episode at the end of the month. Which is coming up soon, actually. It is. We got to, we got to figure out which case we're going to do for that. We got a big old list. So we got to dive into that. We sure do. And get our stuff in order. Mm-hmm. So I think you've made us wait long enough. Are you ready for part two of the Ant Hill Kids? No. I'm going to tell you now you're not ready. I don't think I'm ready. If you do not know this case yet, be prepared. This gets graphic. It's gross. It's disturbing. The abuse and torture is a lot. My goodness. You compared it to another one of our cases. It's a doozy. Junko. Yeah, so... It's not comparable, 
but it's at that level of holy shit. Of If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So last episode, or sorry, episode, we covered a bit of like Rosh or Rosh or Rock apparently is more how you pronounce it, but I'm going to stick with Rosh because that's how I've been pronouncing it. So Rosh um, and how he started his cult known as the Ant Hill Kids. We covered the development of the abuse, tortured and covered the events that unfolded. And we left off in 1987 when 14 children were removed from the commune and placed into foster homes. Uh, The cult was left with just adults, two men and eight women. And Roche, once again, seemed to level up his abuse. That's where we left off. Okay. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. as he leveled up his abuse, he only worsened. Uh, it didn't seem like anything really mattered. Just every year, every month, every incident, whatever, he just intensified in his wicked behaviors. With just a few drinks, he would launch into ramblings about the master of life and death, the good and bad creator. On one occasion, inexplicably enraged at one of the commune members, whose name was uh, Claude Ouellette, uh, he issued a very bizarre order. Uh, He instructed him to wear an elastic band and wind it very tightly around his scrotum. Oh, my. I I don't know why I wasn't expecting that. I told you this is going to get graphic and brutal. He did not skimp when it came to any sort of torture by any means necessary. He was like, he didn't give a fuck. And see, I've said this before, but how does he even think of that? Like, I'm sorry, but like, what's wrong with you to even think of that as a torture thing? I don't know. Okay. Wow. Well, Claude adhered to the strange order by his Messiah that they called Moses. Remember? Uh, And he proceeded to wear the rubber band tightly wound over his scrotum and he wore it overnight. And the next morning it resulted in irreversible damage to his testicles. Oh yeah. I I can only, well, you know what? I can't imagine. I, yeah. Well, that's apparently. (laughs) For you, I feel like this is much worse. I mean, I'm kind of feeling it a little bit right now. Yeah. Um, But this is actually even apparently um, a, an older method of castrating animals back in oh, the day. Oh, I've never heard of this. So okay. event, you basically just wind the band around the testicles and eventually they fall off. Gosh. Because it cuts off circulation and everything, right? Yeah, but I feel like that it just can't be, that can't feel good. No, I can't imagine it would. Yeah. Um, in response, uh, Roche decided, didn't decide to actually to take pity or feel remorseful to this incident instead he decided to take matters into his own hands after all he has performed surgeries in his commune members before right so what would be the difference about this situation so roche began performing a very gruesome procedure on claude in order to quote repair his testicle Okay. Yeah. How the fuck does he think he's going to repair his testicle? Well, he started by using a razor blade to slice open Claude's scrotum. And with his hand, he manually removed the now infected testicle. What? And cauterized the wound with a hot piece of iron. What the shit? Yeah. He removed it? Yeah. And he cut open his scrotum and... Pulled out his testicle Ah, and then seared it shut with a hot iron. Okay. I'm sure that felt real good. No, I'm sure it did not. Holy, that's, that's something. Yeah. 
Subsequently, Roche decided that he needed to hold a vote. Um, so he orchestrated one. And this was to decide whether Claude should be stoned to death for allegedly, quote, offend, offending God. However, the vote did not go through, as Roche was hoped, um, and his proposal was overturned. So Roche resorted to wielding an acetylene torch, which is that torch they use in welding, an oxyacetylene mm. torch, they call it, because okay. it mixes oxygen and acetylene. So that torch that literally melts metal, he began wielding this and threatening to use it to cut open Claude's stomach. Oh, well, I mean, look what the guy just did to him. Not that it's... Oh, sorry, who the shit? Roche oh. was wielding this because the vote oh, was no. so now he has something even more so against Clyde. Claude. Claude. Yes. So he's like, okay, you know what? This surgery is now done, but you offended God for whatever reason, because I guess his testicle got infected. So he's like, hey, should we stone him to death now? And they're like, no. So he's like, well, fuck this. I'm going to fucking just cut him open with an acetylene torch instead of that. Screw you guys. Okay, so say, so my mind <laughs> altered what you said to make it more um, easy for me to digest. And it was literally this guy that was getting his testicle cut doing the vote, like doing a vote and going to. No. Nope. Yeah, but okay. That's not what happened. It was that Roche. That is not what happened. It okay. was Roche saying, oh, okay, um, for whatever reason, now I'm not done with your surgery and I just want you to suffer more. So should we stone him? That so, is yeah. okay. Wow. Well, Claude was rightfully terrified in the situation. So he ran. Uh, he resorted to seeking refuge in the woods nearby. I mean, they lived kind of out in the woods anyways. Um, it was a strategy that was not unfamiliar to the commune at this time. Uh, he and others regularly used this tactic when Roche descended into his bouts of frequent drunkenness. It was just kind of a routine tactic at this point is just kind of like to temporarily get away from the situation the madness yeah. basically kind of like a kid running to the room and, and closing the door it's their safe place it's the only thing they can think of to get away that's really sad uh one of the members by the name of giselle uh in particular would occasionally take shelter at her father's house until roche would persuade her to return to what he deemed her quote true family Despite a temporary period of good treatment upon her return, uh, Giselle inevitably faced repercussions for running away and bringing dishonor to Roche. Mm -hmm. So even though he's like, hey, it's all good. Just come back. We're your family. And say the first day or two was good. He's like, yeah, it's all good. You're back. We're happy to have you back. Yeah, he resorted to a ship right away. Yeah, it's that doesn't like, surprise me at all. One incident in February of 1987, Roche impulsively hurled a hunting knife at Giselle, inflicting a three-inch deep gash on her thigh that immediately began gushing blood mm -hmm. profusely. Roche showed zero remorse for any feeling for that matter. Um, and instead, he just simply fetched another beer and went to bed. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. This, this guy is fucked. I can't believe that you would just hurt someone to that extent and just be like, peace. Yeah. That is, that's some kind of monster right there. Well, it gets even worse in that situation because he went to bed with this beer, but then he woke up two hours later and discovered a clot had formed in Giselle's swollen leg as a result of the injury. And once he discovered this, Roche decided to take matters into his own hands. 
opting to perform another makeshift Uh, operation. No. So he pressed hard on Giselle's leg to force the wound to reopen. Gosh. He probed it with a red hot iron file and poured cup after cup of boiling water onto the injury, scalding it and burning her over and over and over again. That's way too much. Oh, this is just scratching the surface. Gosh. Okay. I felt that one though. Wow. The shit he's doing is beyond gruesome, beyond horrifying. Like there's no words. No. And it's so sad that these people can't get away. You know, like they're stuck there almost. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to touch on a little bit later uh, about why these people are really stuck there and get into their perspective a little bit. But for now, we're going to continue with this. Just I've got a bit on this episode regarding that. Yeah. Okay. Well, her poor damn leg. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, a week later, though, the wound became infected. Which, yeah. I mean, it's not a real surprise given the no. barbaric surgeries that are being done. Yeah. So then what? Well, Roche decided to give it another go. Oh my gosh. No, I yeah. don't want to hear about this anymore. <laughs> no. So to this same girl who he just sliced open with throwing a knife at her, scalded with boiling water and probed with a red hot piece of metal. Oh. He decided that now the remedy would be for him to pack the infected wound with a concoction of salt, olive oil, and spruce gum. So because it's infected, he's shoving more shit in there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Now, eventually Giselle was able to recover enough that she was able to attempt to escape once more. But a few days later, she returned to Roche just as before unable to let go of the power this sick fuck had over her. Dang. She truly, she, she returned because she truly believed that she needed to return to fulfill her role in God's plan and to remain with Roche, despite the ongoing cycle of abuse and control that's going on. Yeah. He really has a hold on them. He really does. It's shocking that you would just go through that much and then, and then, you know, still feel the need to be coming back. Well, it's not that they're coming back for Roche. They're coming back because of God. They believe he is this conduit through which they are serving the Lord. Yeah. That's what they think. It's not that, oh, Roche is all powerful and all knowing. It's he is bringing God, us through God. Mm -hmm. And like, he's, the pathway. And they're having to go through these things to get through this pathway or to closer to God or whatever, right? Kind of? Kind of, yeah. Okay. It's more so they're not going through them to get closer to God. It's that this is just like how it is and what has to happen for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. These things are serving a purpose that they just don't know about, but Roche clearly does. Oh, gosh. Okay. Now, of course, Giselle wasn't the only one of the group, though, who was suffering at the hands of their supposed Messiah. Uh, Roche subjected another member, Josie, to the acetylene torch. 
um, the one that he liked to wave around so frivolently and threaten people with. He held the burning torch up to her flesh until her skin began to bubble. Oh my gosh. So this is a burning torch that is yeah. meant to weld metal. Wow. Who An- does this fucking guy think he is? Oh, he thinks he's something. He really does. Another member was giving birth for the first time. And in that vulnerable moment, he callously passed the torch across her stomach in the middle of her giving birth. He just runs the torch across her stomach. Oh, you're fucking kidding me. Another member, Jaquez, suffered a blow to the head with a blunt axe, and his ribs were fractured by the aggressive and merciless swing of a wooden club. The brutality never got better. It only continued to worsen. A woman by the name of Nicole experienced a miscarriage due to the trauma of a beating from Roche. On a separate occasion, Roche even shot her in the shoulder with a 303 caliber rifle. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I told you this is a fucked up case. I can't even believe that the the harm he is doing to these people. Well, and we covered a lot in episode one, in the first part of this. And I mean, there were a lot of children getting injured and abused yeah. as well. But now that the children are gone, for whatever reason, it seems like he just is upping it even more. It's getting worse. I didn't think he could get worse. Yeah. But he is. That really hits me. The whole like giving birth and injuring her at the same time. Like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, that's what he did. That is so disturbing. You can't get any lower than this sick fuck. And like, I'm sure that was even his kid, right? So it's just like. Yeah, most likely. the actual fuck? Yeah. He was constantly on a rampage. He was. He was looking for ideas to torment, abuse anyone for any fucking reason. Hmm. He didn't need a weapon either. Um, Giselle fell victim to his steel toe boots, resulting in broken ribs. Claude endured methodical torment, including the deliberate spraining of his toes in a gruesome incident where a piece of broken glass was used to slice open his arm. Roche extracted 11 of Claude's teeth with a pair of pliers, despite having absolutely no dental issues whatsoever. And he commanded one of his wives to break Claude's legs with a sledgehammer. Oh, man, that is so much abuse. He used vice grips as a torture method on Gabrielle and Giselle's nipples until they bled. Claude, in one horrifying incident, was hogtied and suspended from the ceiling for an hour while Roche ordered um, others of his wives to shave off Claude's pubic hair and pour boiling water all over him. Cool. Roche punched another member by the name of Solange brutally in the neck, knocking her out cold. Jaquez was ordered to inflict pain on Gabrielle by smashing her thigh with a sledgehammer while Roche personally squeezed Gabrielle's hand in a vice and whipped her in the eye with a belt. Man. It doesn't stop. The abuse extended to more sinister acts too. I'm sorry I'm laughing. It's just... It's an uncomfortable thing. It's right uncomprehendable, now. really. I, I that don't. This shit is happening. I don't know how to present this information. Yeah. I'm just like, it's so far beyond fucked. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, yeah, I laugh often when I'm uncomfortable. It's um, just, a, it's a coping mechanism. I it think. really is, honestly, for me yeah. right now. Yeah. Because this abuse went 
far more sinister in other acts too. Uh, for example, Roche was st- uh, Roche stuck a hypo- hypodermic needle into Gabrielle's back containing an unknown concoction. And he, while it was in Gabrielle, began twisting the needle until the tip broke off underneath what? her skin. Oh my gosh. Holy shit. Yeah. When I was researching that one, that's one of the ones I felt the most. Yeah. Okay. Holy. <laughs> I, don't, I uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were right when you said that you're going to need a drink for this one. Yeah. My whiskey is almost gone already. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You good? Well, okay. The last episode, please remind me here. He had, had he killed, he'd killed like a kid or a baby or something, right? I think. Uh, yes, he had. And like, are none of these adults succumbing to these injuries? Not so much, no. Oh, I can't even believe what these people can endure. Like, that's yeah, wild. you're right. Um, There was some adults, at least one passing away as a result, but that is to come in this episode still. We will mm. talk on that. Okay. Um, regarding Gabrielle, though, with the hypodermic needle, he also further subjected her to torture by burning her breasts and genitalia with... That same torch. Oh my gosh. Jaquez, under orders, cut off half of Gabrielle's left pinky finger with a pair of wire cutters, and her other fingers were broken with a board. Oh. Roche struck and broke Solange's cheekbone when she was six months pregnant. The cruelty even extended to animals as Roche, in one situation, beat one of their horses to death with a chain. My gosh. There are literally no words I have that can truly describe this individual. Yeah. I I can't. It's so fucked up. And the real fucked up thing, though, that just came to my mind is like, this is the shit that you're just able to find. Right? Like, out there, like. How much more is there that like was forgotten or that they didn't want to, you know, say or whatever? Like, yeah, uh, this is honestly as disturbing as it is. It's probably just like the tip of the iceberg. It really is. Yeah. And I can imagine. Okay, they're saying in this situation, um, so and so got struck in the face and had their cheekbone broken. How many times were they struck in the face before the cheekbone was broken? Mm hmm. Were they struck the day before, the day before that, the day before that? And were they being struck for the last month or two in a row every morning? And then the one incident we're talking about is when they were hit and their bone broke. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so fucking sick. It is really, really, really disturbing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, you are right. We are only scratching the surface because there is still more to come in this episode. Oh, God. Everything you say, I'm like, okay, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. I'm like going to pull the label off my fucking drink here because it's. I'm just like need something to do. That's your anxiety is getting to you. You need an outlet. I can't blame you. (laughs) I need like a stress ball or something. Hey, if you guys are listening to this while you're sitting in your office or something, I can guarantee you probably are either a sitting back and you're like clenching your coffee mug or cup (laughs) 
<laughs> or you are biting or chewing on a pen or fiddling with it fiverously, or you do have a stress ball in your hand. One yeah. of those three things. Why the shit do I not have one of those? We should get one of those for like we, the person listening. We really should. That's an amazing idea. That That is. Um, but to move on to say that we are only looking at the tip of the iceberg, another incident, for example, was Gabrielle. Uh, experienced a very horrifying medical incident when her uterus prolapsed, which is commonly caused as a result of childbirth. Rather than seeking professional medical help, she endured another one of Roche's makeshift attempts of medical surgeries, and in this case, a correction, including punching the uterus back inside and fashioning a wooden cone and truss to essentially plug her up whoa yeah her uterus was prolapsing so he decided to punch it back in place and when that didn't work he used wood to basically cram it and hold it back wow my jaw is like on the ground right now i know hmm. now she did run away um, to a woman's shelter at one point, but Gabrielle returned to the compound instead of seeking proper medical care. It took a year before she could undergo a partial hysterectomy at Ross Memorial Hospital in Lindsay, but she had to do so under one of Roche's abstinence trips to Utah behind his back. Dang. That is just, oh man, the fact that they just keep... Going back is just so it just like makes my heart hurt so bad. I can't. And I'm agree not more. I'm not blaming them or anything. Oh, definitely not. But it's just like, yikes, I would do anything to get them out of this situation. Well, I mean, like all these things are are so fucking disturbing. But the worst part of it is is that psychological control that Roche has over mm -hmm. them. That's the biggest mind fuck to me. Like, I can't fathom being in that situation. And still this individual has that control. That is so disturbing to me that he has that power. Yeah. When and again, is, like when I'm, he's doing things like this. Yeah. And again, I'm not blaming the individuals whatsoever. Um, and as I mentioned that we're going to try and like get a peek at their point of view. This is the moment that I have here. I actually have a letter that one of them wrote to Roche. So the letter goes like this. Good day, Moses, my master. I would have liked to have talked to you yesterday evening, but I think it is preferable to write these things down rather than saying them for fear of talking too much. I am going to talk to you about the last fit of anger that your master exercised through you. I really believe that what you did doesn't come from you, but from someone much higher. For my part, I really believe that you were possessed by a very powerful spirit. That's what I saw in what you did. The throwing of the knife, the rifle shot, the harm done to many. My eyes saw things that went beyond them. My body is very afraid of all these things. I understand it very well because of the law of death in which it exists. But within myself, I am well. I am very well and very happy to belong to a real master who himself belongs to the only real master of life love rochelle in brackets aka solange 
Boillard. Hmm. I was not, when you said that you were going to read a letter, I wasn't expecting that for some reason. So this is the individual who had their, the knife thrown at her. Yeah. The gash in the boiling water and the iron prod and then the wound packed who ran away to come back mm-hmm. and was shot in the shoulder with a rifle. And I want to, I want to touch on one specific thing here. Um, the very first sentence, it goes like this. I would have liked to have talked to you yesterday evening, but I think it's preferable to write these things down rather than saying them for fear of talking too much. Yeah. Talking too much. Yeah. Like she would have been punished if she had said all of that, which isn't even a long letter to him. It's not. Yeah. So holy fucking that alone. Mm -hmm. And then of course, the whole point of her saying that there's another spirit acting through you. It's not you doing it. I feel very blessed to be serving you because you serve a higher being. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. That is so fucked up. Yeah. That he has them believing this even after all the things he's doing to them. Huh. I feel so bad for these individuals mm-hmm. because they want so bad to, to serve their, their savior, their Lord, their, their religious idol. I understand individuals have their religion and that's what they believe is going on. Is it simply God? And I feel so bad that Roche or rock or whatever the fuck this douchebag's name is, is taking that away from them and replacing it with this horror that yeah. they don't even know is happening. Yeah, it's so hard to even know what to say. That letter, for some reason, has me just a little bit, I don't even have words. like just Heartbroken. Yeah. That's the best way I can put like it. Like, you almost just need to sit there for a few minutes and just digest that. But then I feel like if you think about it too much, you just, like, ball your face off. I don't know. I could read this letter every day for the rest of my life, and I don't know if I could fully ever digest this letter. No. No, no, you probably couldn't. Like, I mean, we couldn't. There's no way. No. There's no way. I uh, I could never put myself in their shoes. I could never understand the the pain, the the power, the the faith that went into this. Never. Could never. Yeah. It, it baffles me. And I feel so bad for the individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it's it's bizarre that someone could possess this much power over someone else it really is yeah it's mind-blowing okay well we're, we're gonna carry on away from the letter here though um now we're into the fall of 1988 um and this marked a very tragic and terrifying episode in solange's life solange is the one who, who wrote the letter um con- convinced by roche that something was wrong with her liver solange was manipulated into believing that she needed an operation. Oh no. And this is like a big one. Yeah. We're talking liver. We're talking. Yeah. Abdomen. Yeah. So during an afternoon of excessive drinking, Roche's oh. behavior took another violent turn as he began strangling the women in the commune, claiming that their breath belonged to him. Holy shit. And in a disturbing sequence of events, he now adorned himself with jewelry and announced his intention to quote, treat Solange. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. He led the group to their bakery, where he cleared a table and instructed Solange to undress and lay down. He inserted a tube into her rectum and used a mixture of molasses, oil, and water as an enema fluid. This ordeal lasted for half an hour, during which Roche encouraged Solange not to be embarrassed about losing control of her bodily functions. I mean, after all, she is going through an enema here with some terrible fucking fluids. Mm-hmm. And he then proceeded to press and punch her stomach, oh. insisting that she move her hands when she dared try to fend him off and fight back. Adding to the cruelty, he inserted a tube down her throat and instructed others to blow and suck on the other end of the tube. What the shit? Then, with a knife in his hand, Roche made a five-inch vertical incision on Solange's stomach just below her ribs on the right side. He took his hand and reached into the incision with his fingers and pulled out a strip of tissue approximately four inches long and a quarter of an inch thick. He tore it off and declared, there, you're going to be all right. As another member of the group was tasked with sewing her wound closed. Oh my gosh. And he, and he's doing this and she's just like awake. Yeah. She's awake. She has no form of any sort of like painkillers, nothing. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Holy. Okay. That makes me feel ill. Big time. Well, following this quote procedure, if Mm -hmm. you will, Solange was sent back to the cabin where Roche ordered her to take a warm bath filled with cherry. This only aggravated her condition. So Roche then subjected her to a cold bath instead because if the first one didn't work, well, this one will. And upon her taking the cold bath, she then would return to bed and Solange began bleeding from her mouth and would pass away. Oh my gosh. No. Yes. Medical professionals later determined that Solange's cause of death was acute pertonitis, which is an inflammation of the pertinonium resulting from digestive fluids leaking into the abdominal cavity. It's assumed what was cut from uh, what Roche cut was part of her intestine. Well, yeah, because I was just like, what the shit did he pull out? 
We don't know. It's just that's assumed, but it was some part clearly of her digestive tract. Something that like her body needed. He literally pulled out an organ, ripped a chunk off, shoved it back in, sewed her up. <laughs> oh, man, I I am so appalled here. OK, OK. Yeah. Her poor body, what it endured. Oh my gosh, for absolutely like no reason. Yeah. When she was completely fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now the aftermath of Solange's death plunged Roche into a state of despair, leading him to attempt suicide in various ways. Initially, he implored Jaquez to shoot him. Then he tried an overdose on Tylenol and ultimately attempted to drown himself. However, in a letter later addressed to the spirit of the deceased, Roche declared a peculiar experience where a mysterious force intervened, freeing him from his binds during the drowning attempt. He emerged from the waters exclaiming, God doesn't want me to die. Yeah, sure. That sounds pretty fucking convenient to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So following this ordeal, he contacted Dr. Jess Gosbeck and traveled to Utah in October of 16, October 16 of 1988. In a meeting with Dr. Gosbeck, Roche claimed that Solange had died suddenly in the woods due to a spontaneously erupted vein in her esophagus. Oh my gosh, could that have been any more false? Right? Now, Dr. Gosbeck reassured Roche that there was nothing he could have done to save her. But Roche, guided by his strange dreams, asserted that God has designated Dr. Gosbeck as his guide. And in these dreams, Roche claimed Solange was inside his body with her form emerging from his ejaculate. So he and Dr. You know what? Fuck Dr. It's just goes goes back to me. I'm, I'm not going to call him a fucking doctor anymore because fuck that. This person's fucked too. Um, the two of them then concocted a fantastical belief that Solange was to ex um, basically experience a reverse birth through the belly of a male mirroring the, the, the birth of the womb from a female basically. So the doctor's like, oh, you couldn't stop the death. Oh yeah, sure. You could give birth to, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe this doctor's like, talking completely hypothetical here and is like, maybe it's being a little more therapeutic, but Roche literally is thinking he can rebirth Solange just, oh, okay. as, just as paralleling birthing through a female womb. Cause I was like, what the fuck are you talking about here? I was so confused, but that I was like, that's not what it is, but that is what it is. That, okay. that's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. He was now convinced <sighs> that he was basically pregnant with Solange. Yeah. He even actually went and performed a post-mortem marriage by proxy, officially recognizing the union between him and Solange. Oh my gosh. This shit is just getting worse and worse. I told you this is fucked up. Holy, what are you doing to us here? This, I told this you. is okay. I fucking told you. Okay. Are you good? You're crossing your arms now and like I know. Angry well, with me. I've like been my like fists i've been putting my nails into my hands like i this is just okay well, i just am i'm going through a lot of emotions right now okay fair enough i mean it's just so it's so messed up like i have no other words 
I have no words at all to describe I'm nothing like I, I don't know what to say. I, I literally don't. I don't even know how you went about researching this. I don't think I don't even know if I would physically be able to. So like good on you. That that is something. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It was not an easy task. I mean, every episode takes its toll. Don't get me wrong. But then there there are some that are more so like I I would be stress eating. I probably would have gained 10 pounds researching this episode. Well, there there's things that we research and it becomes almost expected. It becomes almost the normal when you're looking at true crime. And anyone out there who listens to true crime or researches or anything on a regular basis, there's murder is it's normal in the true crime world. Doesn't make it less horrific. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong, but you are caught off guard when something all of a sudden is worse than a murder. It's like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So yeah. And this one is, it's beyond messed up by any means. Yeah. It's like, I've already said, it's, it's literally uncomprehendable what he did to these people. Yeah. Now, once Roche returned from Utah to see this doctor or whatever, he ordered Claude to exhume Solange's body from her grave. No. And Gabrielle was instructed to open Solange's body and pour vinegar on her internal organs to deter worms before reburying her. My gosh, she's even passed away and he's not even leaving her alone. The plans didn't end there. A few days later, he had them re-dig up Solange. Oh my god. Once more. Roche instructed Jaquez to drill a hole in Solange's skull. And then Roche then began to masturbate oh. into the opening, ejaculating into the hole of her skull, all in the misguided belief that he could somehow rebirth or bring her back to life. Okay, I'm sorry, but this guy is a fucking idiot. Yes. I thought that I was angry, and now I'm just so beyond pissed. That I don't even think I'm going to be asleep tonight. So thanks a lot, dude. Sorry. <laughs> you, I am so mad right now. Rightfully so. That but just, just don't get mad at me. I know you look scared. Wow. <laughs> but that just, that is just too much. Like this person is deceased. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah. And he is the one that made her deceased. Yeah. And now he's doing this to her. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm not okay. Neither am I. Trust me. I don't think anyone listening to this right now is okay either. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Again, excuse our laughter because we are so uncomfortable with this episode. You, like, it's beyond ridiculous. Yeah, well. And poor Ben is now afraid for his life. I kind of am. <laughs> oh. Now his attempt at rebirth or bringing her back to life or however he wants to freaking phrase it. His plan, of course, didn't work. And initially Roche was, before all this, Roche was informed that Solange's wish was to be cremated, reportedly. Uh, and he eventually reluctantly agreed. And the group did burn, burn Solange's body. How would they have done that? They don't have that means to do that, did they? I'm assuming just a bonfire. And by the sounds of the following information, um, it makes sense. Uh, so before the cremation, one of Solange's ribs were removed at Roche's request, which he kept in a leather wrapping as a morbid keepsake. 
Then after the cremation, each member of the group took some of her bones for themselves in memorial. Roche collected bone fragments in a jar and filled it with olive oil, which he regularly used as a misguided attempt to bring Solange back to life continuously through his twisted notion of rebirth that he still thought might happen, I guess. So I'm assuming it was just on a large fire because they were able to collect fragments of her remains still. Hmm. Okay. Is that label almost off? Well, I would be ripping it off right now, but I'm trying not to make a lot of noise. So <laughs> Fair. <laughs> now, Roche, being this all-powerful being, his entity, his messiah, being Moses, would soon first meet its first ever act of real defiance. Okay, I've been waiting for this for some time now. Roche was trying to entrust his next soon-to-be-born child, conceived by Francine, to, ca to the care of a man by the name of Alex Joseph to prevent child care and family services from intervening. Okay. However, Alex started an argument. This argument ensued between Alex and Roche over the treatment of his wives. And Alex successfully stood up to the group's, quote, Messiah. He wasn't part of the group, though, right? I believe he was. Okay. He might have been. Maybe he's not. I, that's not too clear to me. Okay. I'm not certain. Maybe a previous member. I don't know. He clearly has inside knowledge. Yeah. Because he knows the treatment. Right. So I'm not too sure the relationship of Alex with the group intimately, but... Now, no one, regardless, has stood up to Roche before. And this momentarily, momentary display of defiance left a very large impression on Roche's wives, showing that he wasn't actually this all-powerful being. Hmm. Instead, it portrayed him rather human. Okay. As a result, group member Josie Pelletier successfully left the cult during the winter of 88 and 89. Nice. Yes. Nice. On July 26th of 1988, intoxicated as usual, more violent tendencies escalated. Giselle, Claude, Francine, and Maurice managed to sneak away into the bush to hide, but Gabrielle was not so fortunate. Roche screamed and ordered her to place her hand on the kitchen table. And then he rained down a knife and stabbed her in the hand with a hunting knife, pinning her hand directly to the wooden table. Oh my gosh. Blood began to pour from her hand immediately as Roche just nonchalantly grabbed another beer and left the room. Jeez. Gabrielle forced herself to remain conscious. And after staying there with a knife pinning her hand down for 45 minutes, Roche returned to the room. He noticed her arm had now turned blue, clearly from a lack of blood in the extremity. Yeah. So he fetched a carpenter knife and began cutting away at the flesh on her arm, halfway between her elbow and shoulder, ultimately cutting the flesh away all the way to the bone. Oh. He then dislodged the hunting knife from Gabrielle's hand, took her over to the stump on the kitchen floor, and used a dull meat cleaver and swung at the exposed bone, 
first swing missed, but the second struck the bone and broke it in half, amputating Gabrielle's arm entirely. Wow. Okay. Remarkably, Gabrielle somehow endured this whole ordeal, and the following day, she left and sought refuge at a woman's shelter. Yeah. Wow. But she returned to the compound at Jaquez's request, urging her to return. Days later, Roche, in a, again, another drunken state, decided that Gabrielle's stump was now gangrenous, gangrene. Using scissors, he cut off the infected flesh, but he didn't stop there. He also took a chunk from her breast for unknown reasons. In a further act of cruelty, he struck her on the head with the side of an axe, leaving a very large gash. She managed to run once again and fled into the bush, but she ultimately would black out. And die? She regained consciousness two days later. Two days later. Still laying on the forest floor and discovered that insects had now laid eggs in her open wounds. Uh-huh. Still, she returned back to the compound. Oh to the my cabin. goodness. I was like, this has to be, she has to get away at this point. She's not going to live. She once again found Roche drunk and eager to perform yet another operation. Oh my gosh. The acetylene torch was used to cut a piece from the drive shaft of a junk car, which Roche heated until red hot and pressed against Gabrielle's stump where her arm once was. Finally, she had enough and she left the cult behind. Wow. I honestly am shocked that she lived. So am I. Like that's, that's something. Yeah. I for sure thought that she was going to um, pass away. Yeah, no, I I thought the same, but she endured so much and she finally left the cult behind and her escape marked a very large turning point in the nightmarish saga of the Ant Hill Kids. Okay, good. Um, and because of that, she is our badass of the day. No shit. I mean, I can't imagine surviving that and then going back, going back because of your faith being that strong and mm -hmm. then finally still surviving enough to be the one to leave and have this becoming the turning point. Yeah. Wow. On August 16th, 1989, she reached a hospital and concocted a story explaining her missing arm. She fabricated, didn't explain that it was Roche or anything like that. Uh, the police were called, leading to a filing of an aggravated assault charge against Roche. So the police went to find him. However, when the police arrived at the compound on August 19th with a warrant for Roche's arrest, they found it deserted. Roche knew what was coming, so he, along with Jaquez, Chantel, and Nicole, with the two youngest babies that had now been born, had fled to Quebec. The others took Gabrielle's lead and had returned to their families, breaking free from Roche's manipulative hold. Okay. I'm glad most of them. So he has what, three women and two kids still with him though? Uh, right. I believe so. Yes. Okay. So it took six weeks for the police to locate Roche. But on October 6th, 1989, the day Giselle decided to finally disclose Solange's death to the authorities, Roche 
was apprehended by the police. Good. Everyone, not just Roche, everyone pleaded guilty to charges related to Gabrielle's amputation. Roche received a 12-year sentence, later reduced to 10 years due to his claimed, quote, genuine remorse and concern for the victim. Oh my gosh, that is not even close to enough. Jaquez received five years, Chantel received two, less one day, and Nicole, 18 months. While facing additional charges for first-degree murder, Roche's trial for second-degree murder was pursued when insufficient evidence of premeditation was found. Now, it was at this time very obvious that more charges were to come, as more and more evidence and accounts of Roche's actions were being discovered. So, Roche's lawyer did the only thing that he could do. He negotiated a deal. A deal where Roche would plead guilty to second-degree murder charge in exchange for no further charges. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this case is exhausting. That's one word for it. I'm exhausted. Yeah, this is a very large burden even just to hear. Yeah. Let alone to be a part of. So the deal occurred on January 18th, 1993. Roche Therday was sentenced to life in prison with parole eligibility set for 1999, only six years later. Are you good? I'm good, but I'm like, did this guy get the fuck out of jail or not? Did he? Like he didn't, right? He didn't get out of jail, right? There's no way. Well, we'll touch on that here in a second. Okay. Um, now there were individuals such as Francine, Chantel, Nicole, um, known as Holga, Ruth, and Deborah, respectively, they remained loyal to Roche. Mm. Wow. Even having conjugal visits with them. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Other survivors attempted to adapt to a new life without him. Roche's numerous children, numbering over 20, were dispersed among foster homes across Canada and the United States. Those poor kids. Can you imagine that being your father? My yeah. head hurts. I have a headache now. Now, interestingly and very disturbingly enough, despite the horrific nature of Roche's crimes, prison staff spoke very highly of him, describing him as very charismatic. Cool. Which we know which, from any fucking yeah. psychopath out there. Yeah, it makes sense. Case in point, I mean, the, the classic, the cliche, Ted Bundy, right? Like yeah, it's, but he sucks. We all know he sucks. Exactly. Now, in 2002, Roche would officially apply for his parole, but his request was denied due to being assessed as a high risk to people. You don't say. Yeah, I do say. <laughs> I very well do say. Now, in 2009, he attempted to sell his jail cell artwork. He's sitting there in his cell doing some artwork. On to a, who? Well, he's trying to sell it on a murder-themed auction website catering to true crime enthusiasts. Oh, my god! So gosh. true crime memorabilia, you know, maybe documents signed by like Ted Bundy, for example. We just spoke of him already. So we'll just say Ted Bundy signed court documents or something like that, right? So he's yeah. trying to sell his own artwork on the this website. Which is so disturbing because people would buy that for sure. Yeah, they would. Um, but the attempt to profit from his crimes was uh, denied and his artwork was blocked from leaving the prison. 
Good. Yeah. As the final piece to the puzzle, the chapter of Roche Theraday would finally come to an end on February 26th in 2011. Before he ever had the opportunity to see parole or the outside world, Roche's cellmate approached him and stabbed him in the neck repeatedly with a makeshift shank, killing him behind bars. After the attack, the roommate casually walked to the guard station, handed over the weapon, and declared, quote, That piece of shit is down the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. Roche was discovered dead near his cell at the age of 63. Oh, and that guy just didn't give a fuck. He Did was not just give like, a fuck. this just needs to end. Pretty is much. basically his thought process there. I think so. Wow. And that is the case. That is the story. That is the cult known as the Ant Hill Kids. Huh. I feel like, wow, that was a ride and a half. I feel right now like my like my chest is tight. My eyes feel like they could start crying. <laughs> I don't even know why because the end of that was just such, just so much mixed emotions there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's about how I feel too. It's so fucked up. Wow, what is what did he say to the guard? Can you say that again, please? I need to hear that again. Okay, so the quote is, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. Whoa. Not a wow. single fuck given. given. Yeah. Huh. I mean, but the thing is, if it wasn't for that guy, like he would have got out of jail for sure. Probably would have. And I can only imagine what would have happened. Yeah. Because he still had followers too. He did. Yeah. He very much so did. Hmm. And I mean, a life sentence is not, it's not a person's life. It's not for the rest of your life. Like you, you can get out on a life sentence mm -hmm. very much so easily. Totally. You serve yep. that time. You're still out. Well, and yeah, and, and they were already saying like he was doing good in there. So like. I'm sure they'd been like, yeah, for, you know, he was an angel in jail. Like he's, he's good. Yeah. And I mean, like he was denied parole in what was it? Uh, 2002 when his, he was up eligible for parole in 1999. So he was denied his parole then give him a few more years. Sure. Yeah. Probably freaking try it again and probably get it. Cause yeah, like he really wasn't very old when he died. 63. So, I mean, the chances are very high that he would have gotten out of there when he was, you know, at a still reasonable age or whatever. Yeah. But um, I'm actually surprised that he did stay in, to, in jail that long, a little bit. It's same, because we've seen a lot of people with more sentences get out sooner. Yeah. Wow. That was, that was something. That like, was definitely something. I am going to have some cheese and crackers now. <laughs> Just I, comfort food. Well, before this, I was like, oh, I don't need a snack. But now I do. You, you know, that that was just, that was unbelievable. Do you need a hug? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love you too. Holy I don't know. shit. I don't, I don't think it's a hug that I need. I don't know what I need. Wow. 
You probably need a hug after researching that shit. Yeah. I'm honestly, I feel like, you know, when you like take a deep breath and you exhale after like a major, like stressful event or like you're super like angry about something. There's that like, just like weight off your shoulder almost every time you do it. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt all fucking day. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's insane that like this, it's good. We covered that you covered this or whatever, but it, it's also like crazy to me that this was Canadian for some reason. I can't believe I've never heard of this growing up. Yeah. Cause we would have been alive at this time. Well, I mean, I was born and we were, we were both born in 88. Mm -hmm. So he was apprehended. When was it? It was 89. Was it? Or no, it was later than that. But still, he would have had to been in the news and stuff when like his parole was coming. Exactly. And, and when he died and stuff, when he died, we definitely like we were. It's surprising we didn't. Maybe we did. And we just, you know, didn't look into didn't know. it. Or, we're kids. We, you know, we don't know sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say. Wow. That is wild. Yeah. October 6th, 1989. So he was apprehended when we were one year old. Mm hmm. But not that we would have known at that point, but, you know, it's I'm just surprised that I don't remember this case in the news and stuff. Yeah, <sighs> fair enough. OK, well, I think we're going to go eat some cheese and crackers and pickles and pick a cheese crack <laughs> crackers and pickles crack cheese crack and pickle. <laughs> no, definitely not that we're going to go eat some cheese crackers and pickles. Um, and to our, uh, friends in the United States of America, I mean, you got Thanksgiving coming up here yeah. in just a couple days. So we want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Hopefully everyone out there is not too traumatized by this case. We appreciate you sticking through to the end part one and part two. Um, if you want to check out our social links, they're all in the description of the podcast. If you want to check out our other podcast or our sister podcast, if you will, fearful, Jacko hosts that every Wednesday. He comes out with a new episode. So tomorrow he's got a new episode coming out. You should right go check on. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Highway of Tears? I absolutely have. Yeah. Because uh, Jack was talking about that. Wow. So go check it out. Yeah. We're going to eat cheese and crackers now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was worth, it was worth staying for this part too. Like this was, I mean, I'm, I'm glad I heard it, but I'm glad I didn't. Or what the fuck? I don't even, I can't even speak. So until next time, like <laughs> we got to go here. Until next time, stay wicked. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.